1: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
0: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto For a new breed of health seekers, this is The Art of Being Well. What's up and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting. The Inflammation Spectrum, and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the Telehealth Center, Becoming a Patient, the books, the podcasts, there's lots of free resources there for you as well. It's all at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And if you haven't heard the news, I have my brand new book, my fourth book for pre-order right now. It's called Gut Feelings. The subtitle is Healing the Shame-Fueled Relationship, between what you eat and how you feel. So I'm really talking about this bi-directional relationship between mental health and physical health, and how, in fact, mental health is physical health, and talking about the research of chronic stress and how things like shame and trauma and intergenerational trauma, how these things can impact our physical health, how it could be stored in our cells, dysregulating our nervous system, impacting mitochondrial function, raising inflammation levels, impacting the gut brain axis, and in turn our hormones. But then conversely, how the physical stuff, i.e. the gut stuff, if you will, how things like underlying gut problems, leaky gut syndrome, SIBO, food sensitivities, biotoxin issues like mold toxicity and chronic Lyme disease, how those physical things can impact our mood, impact our how irritable we are, how energetic we are, things like anxiety and depression and brain fog and fatigue. So I'm so passionate about this topic. I get to talk about it with patients on an hourly basis, and now is the time I get to have the conversation in book form for everybody else. So we're giving away tons of free stuff when you pre-order Gut Feelings right now. There's a three-week mastermind that's online only for people that pre-order. It's with myself and some friends and colleagues of mine like Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Nicola Perra, who actually wrote the foreword of the book as well. And there's lots of other stuff as well. You can learn about it when you go to drwillcole.com, head on over to the Gut Feelings book page. We're also giving away free signed books whenever you rate and review The Art of Being Well on Apple Podcast. So you can do it two different ways. You can leave your Instagram handle on the Apple Podcast review itself, or you can screenshot your Apple Podcast review and message me on Instagram, at Dr. Will Cole. And every month, no matter when you listen to this episode, my team and I will be randomly picking winners every single month. I will reach out to you. I'll ask what book you want me to sign, and we'll send it out to you. All right, let's get to today's guest. She is a longtime friend of mine and such a brilliant human being. Her name is Emma Lowy. Emma is the sustainability and health director at Mind, Body, Green, and the author of Return to Nature, The New Science, of how natural landscapes restore us. she is also the co-author of The Spirit Almanac, a modern guide to ancient self-care, which she co-wrote with another friend of ours, Lindsay Kellner. You're gonna learn so much from her today. Let's get right to it. This is Emma Lowy's Art of Being Well. Emma, this is long overdue. I'm excited it's happening. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah, I've known you for a long time. And I'm so proud of you. Like these books that you've come out with over the past years have just been some of my favorites. And I'm excited to talk about your latest.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Um, we have known each other for a long time, and it's been so wonderful to see just your career grow and you know be, be a cheerleader
1: on the side. Thank you so much. Likewise. So we're we're going to talk about the the science of nature it's so compelling it's been a fascination of mine for a long time and you wrote a book about it literally so people can get in on this amazing exciting science to better their lives so let's start start talking about maybe the phrase forest bathing cuz i think when i talk about it <laughs> i get, i get some flack on social media and they they without knowing the research or the translation of the word from japanese to English, they'll say, Well, you people in wellness are so freaking weird. You have to have a weird (laughs) name for is bathing to just go out in nature. But there's so much more to it than just going on a hike. So, can you explain where their phrase came from?
0: Absolutely. And I remember sort of having some of the same thoughts when I first heard it. I was like, Does that mean carrying a bath into the woods? Does not mean that um, forest bathing, or it's initially called shirin yoku in, uh, in Japanese, and you know, got started in Japan actually by you know a group of, of doctors and MDs who were really interested in reducing stress in Japanese culture, and you know, there were a lot of forests sort of in the area where they were based, so they sort of had this idea to use that nature exposure as you know a potential sort of remedy, and you know, there's been some really fascinating research done out of Japan about this. So what sort of differentiates, you know, Sharon Yoku or forest bathing from a traditional hike? I think is just the speed. It's a lot slower. So you're really, you know, going into a forest with the intention of really taking in your surroundings, going very, very, very slow, you know, doing it's more about the journey than the, the destination, I think. Um, and also just engaging all of the senses. You know, I think it's so common when we do go out to sort of be laser focused on, you know, the sights or, you know, sort of navigating, you know, from the visual fields. But forest bathing really encourages folks to engage all the senses. So whether it's, you know, the sounds of the wind and the leaves or, you know, the smells of the wonderful trees. So it's a really beautiful practice. I think there's a lot to learn from it. And there are now forest bathing guides who can sort of, you know, direct these experiences all over the world, which is really fun. So I've had the pleasure of going on a few forest bathing walks as well, which has been great.
1: Oh, it's beautiful. I I would love to try a formal one with the group. So, So you're using nature as a meditation and as medicine too. I mean, right, it is both. And can you talk about some of the maybe essential oils that are naturally in the forest and how that's been really researched as being part of the therapeutic benefits of forest bathing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So it's super interesting. I mean, like I mentioned, this research has really been you know directed by MDs, so we know a lot about sort of the physiology of what's happening, as well as sort of you know the mental mental health benefits. But forest bathing in particular, and you know being really surrounded by trees and quote unquote bathing in their sort of sense, um, seems to be really great for immune health, which is super interesting. And you know researchers sort of think that it has something to do with the they're called phytocides. So the sort of essential oils, like you said. That trees are emitting. Um, And they do this as sort of a way we're increasingly finding to like communicate with each other and sort of, you know, communicate different threats and you know, sort of send signals to other trees in their area. Um, So it's like kind of a protective mechanism for them. And there's research to show that it has some of the same effect on us, which I think is super cool. So Mm -hmm. just a reminder of how you know connected we are with nature. So yeah, they found that after exposures in forests, people actually tend to have greater amount and also activity of something called NK cells. So these are white blood cells that are really important for, you know, serving sort of a first line of defense against different diseases. Um, and they've actually isolated the, you know, different, you know, elements of trees and found that that is what's really having that impact. So it's really interesting. And I think another fascinating thing is that that sort of increased NK cell activity, it happens right after like they study it right after people go on quote unquote forest baths. So have that sort of exposure in the woods but it also seems to stick around. So for up to 30 days, they've done follow-ups, and wow. they found that there's still that increased activity. So super, super fascinating for reason to get out in it's the It's
1: fascinating. Absolutely. So can you walk me through what a typical – you did like the, the, the formal forest bathing sessions. But if someone's going to do it on their own – How long should they go in to get the benefits? What does, you mentioned walking slowly, taking it in with all your sessions, any other pro tips to forest bathe to get the most out of it?
0: Yeah. I mean, I definitely encourage people to seek out, you know, a certified forest bathing instructor in their area. Um, They're really be the ones to, you know, be able to guide you. But just through, you know, my experience chatting with a few of them, um, I think it's really important. Yes, to slow down like really, really slow. Um, you know, I've covered maybe like, I don't know, a quarter mile and an hour of, of this practice. So definitely go slow in terms of timing. I would say it matters less, I think as long as you know you feel that you it takes for you to sort of, you know, feel a bit more restored and relaxed. But yeah, again, I think, you know, just engaging the senses you know, calling in your sense of smell, your sense of hearing. I did this really wonderful practice on one forest bathing walk where um, I was instructed to close my eyes and then sort of uh, visualize that I was in a snow globe and mm. see what the sound is that was furthest away from me that was sort of hitting the glass, so to speak, which was a really beautiful practice. And it can be done anywhere. You know, I've started to do it in other natural landscapes as well, but in a forest it's school, because there tend to just be so many different layers of, of noise. That's
1: beautiful. Have you heard about GoMacro? I have loved this company for years. In the face of adversity and fight for survival against cancer, a mother and daughter took their love to the kitchen and GoMacro was born. Now they are spreading the power of a balanced plant-based lifestyle across the country with GoMacro. It's available in 16 full-size mouth-watering flavors and five kid flavors. Macrobar are packed with 100% plant-based ingredients to fuel your body and mind. Macro bars are made from simple, high-quality ingredients and are certified organic, vegan, gluten-free, kosher, non-GMO, and soy-free. What I also love about GoMacro is for my patients that have digestive issues, maybe have some SIBO, and we're working on healing their gut and dealing with the SIBO. So anybody that has any food allergies, food sensitivities, or any food, dietary restrictions for a while. Go Macro offers three delicious nut-free flavors for people that are allergic to nuts or have nut issues, including their oatmeal chocolate chip, so good. Their maple sea salt, love that one too. And sunflower butter plus chocolate, man, so good. And also 10 certified FODMAP-friendly flavors for the people that have digestive issues and SIBO and things like that, so that everyone can enjoy a delicious snack. Year-round, a percentage of annual net proceeds from the Everlasting Joy Macro Bar goes to Solutions for Change to help in their mission of solving family homelessness in America. They equip people in every stage of their journey with the skills, knowledge, and resources to permanently solve their homelessness. Join Go Macro as they help to end hunger and solve homelessness by going to gomacro.com and use promo code WillCole for 30% off plus free shipping on all orders over $50. That's gomacro.com. Use promo code WILLCOLE for 30% off plus free shipping. In the book, you talk about the health benefits of each of these eight landscapes. So can you go over the eight landscapes and talk about the different facets of each one?
0: Yeah, so I definitely, you know, I've been interested in Shirinoku like you for a while, forest bathing. Um, and I've also been covering a lot of the research on blue space the sort of the health benefits of being near the coast and the ocean. So I was curious if there was sort of any research in other landscapes that, you know, people love and, you know, tend to visit and, you know, just sort of finding the, I think there's an inherent connection to, you know, all of these different places in nature, they all make us feel, you know, a certain way, but there are also some really interesting sort of nuances in each one. So the eight that I chose uh, to cover in this book, so each chapter is a different landscape, are oceans, forests, mountains, deserts, grasslands, cities, ice and snow, so like snowy landscapes, and then desert. I think I didn't repeat any of them. So I, I, think the you,
1: I think you said desert twice, but maybe. Oh, we, darn. Yeah, it's okay. There's eight of them. They have to get yeah, the I'm book like, to get the I didn't in an order and then I messed it up. <laughs> well, deserts, I do love deserts. So I do feel like they need a second message <laughs> m- mention, but uh, they can get the book to read all the eight, but.
0: There you go. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what are the different, like different aspects, I guess, between each one?
0: Yeah. Okay. So rivers is the one that I missed, I think.
1: Okay, okay. (laughs) Rivers. my wife loves um, rivers, so you can't miss out. Oh, she's drawn to rivers, not for sure.
0: That's super interesting. I mean, it's fascinating too. I've become like really fun at parties because I just ask people what their
1: favorite (laughs) landscape is. And at least it's a really
0: fascinating conversation. I think it's fun to think about.
1: Yeah, like what part of nature you're drawn to? I tend to be drawn more to the desert. My wife's drawn to rivers. Not that I I appreciate them all. And the older I get, I'm drawn to forests. I think because I grew Mm -hmm. up in western Pennsylvania, there's lots of forests. And I think I didn't appreciate it enough. I took it for granted, to be be honest. And now the older that I get, I'm really taking it in all the four seasons and the beauty of it and not appreciating it, which I think a lot of us, it's probably a good lesson for all of us, the nature around us and not taking it for granted
0: yeah definitely yeah. and as i think memory you know has such a huge role in it and you know if it's a landscape that you grew up in you sort of inherently feel at ease and i think yeah. that can you know really make it all the more restorative because you're not really on edge while you're there you sort of know it and feel feel familiar Absolutely, um, which is interesting whenever yeah. i meet people who like deserts and didn't grow up in them i'm like oh
1: <laughs> you know what it was it was good old mind, body, green, Jason and Colleen revitalize. Revitalize. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They may, I'm like, there's something deeply ancestrally magical about deserts and primal about it. But yeah, so let's go over just, you don't have to go over everything because it's in the book. They can read the book for all the, the different aspects and health benefits of these different landscapes. But what are some of your favorites, I guess, out of the eight?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I love them all. They all, you know, have something really super interesting to provide. Let's see, we can start off with, I think the ocean is a really interesting one, just because anecdotally, that seems to be a lot of people's favorites, at least that I've talked to, Yeah. Um, you know, people really feel alive when they're, when they're by the water. And there are a few different, you know, sort of reasons that that might be. I think, again, it goes back to memory. So, you know, if you're someone who grew up, you know, visiting the coast on, you know, family vacation, for example, and have really positive associations with that, you know, I think the sound of the waves is really transportive in you know, a That's certain right. sense. So you can sort of close your eyes, hear the sound of the ocean, and it'll sound, you know, similar to where that you had that experience. So I think it's like mm-hmm. transportive in that way that tends to resonate with people, there's this really fascinating book by a marine biologist called Wallace, uh, named Wallace J. Nichols, and he talks about how the sounds of the ocean is also sort of like resonant of the sound of the womb. So it's sort of mm. familiar in that sort of whoosh of that yeah, sense. So sense. I think that's another cool theory. So the ocean's awesome. You know, I think just any green space seems to have a really restorative impact on the mind. So. You know, one of the leading theories as to why is called the attention restoration theory. And it essentially says that, you know, when we're sort of stuck indoors or on technology all day, our mind is constantly you know, working and, you know, it's very, it's always involved in some sort of process, but, you know, when we step outside and we see, you know, greenery, it just provides a place where the mind can sort of relax and it's, you know, inherently familiar to us. You know, we don't have to do as much mental sort of, you know, processing. So there's Mm -hmm. been some fascinating research to show that, you know, when we do step outside, even if it's just for a little while, um, we tend to come back feeling less mentally fatigued Mm -hmm. uh, and more, it sort of enhances our cognitive capacity. So, you know, I think any sort of, access to greenery that you have can be really healing.
1: Absolutely. So can we talk more about the health benefits? You mentioned the immune modulation, the benefits of the immune system. You also in the book talk about short-term benefits of stress hormone, like stress reduction, nervous system improvement. And then there's some long-term benefits too, as far as supporting longevity. Can we talk about both of those?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we definitely know that, you know, in the short term, people tend to come back from experiences in nature. And I say experiences in nature, this can literally just be sitting outside, you know, in your local park and taking in the surroundings. So it doesn't have to be some grand, some grand getaway. Mm -hmm. But yes, feeling less, reporting less self-reported stress, but also having lower levels of, you know, things like cortisol and different markers of stress. So that's in the short term. And then there's also been some really, really cool, you know, large scale epidemiological studies to show that, you know, people who live within closer proximity to green space, so a park or even, you know, a patch of trees actually tend to live longer and have less self-reported, you know, or uh, self-reported all-cause mortality, which is fascinating. And there are a lot of different, you know, theories as to why that is. I think part of it probably does go back to that stress response. I think you and I both know that Mm -hmm. stress is, very bad for the body Mm -hmm. Um, and it can lead to all sorts of negative uh, effects. So there's definitely that part of it. Um, But there's also, you know, I think being outside, it it tends to encourage us to move. So I think people who live closer to parks tend to, you know, be more likely to walk outdoors and sort of reap all the health benefits of that long term. There's some cool emerging research to show that, you know, nature really encourages us to have social interaction and, mm-hmm. you know, tends to be more of a gathering place for community, which, again, is so wonderful for health and, you mm-hmm. know, it's so necessary. So, I think all these factors sort of come together. and Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's a confluence of benefits here. I know that I, in functional medicine for all of my patients, prescribe forest bathing and getting out oh, inside nice. as much as you can and coming up with protocols and practices and how to use nature as a meditation. I talk about it in my books as well, which is just an outpouring of what I see clinically work for people. But isn't it true, like I'm just in functional medicine there, but is it true that physicians, conventional physicians in Japan actually prescribe forest bathing to patients just as a go-to in conventional medicine? Is that true?
0: Yeah, no, it is true. I mean, I'm not I can't say that like all conventional you know, right. physicians do under him, right. but there's definitely a growing movement of it. And even in the States, like I interviewed a few, I interviewed cardiologists for this book. And you know I wouldn't say that he, you know, ascribes himself to functional medicine, but he does, he does, uh, it's this program called walk with a doc, which is super interesting. Actually might be something you'd be interested in getting involved in too, but it's you know, essentially, you know, doctors actually walking outside with their patients in wow. local parks and sort of making, you know, an event out of it and yeah he just said you know he was sort of tired of prescribing the same medicines over and over and you know seeing them not you know work the way he wanted to so it was this new approach i know in canada too there are some really cool new programs that um, essentially a doctor can actually it gets money from the government to prescribe uh national park passes to people who might not otherwise be able to afford them uh, patients so that's a super cool movement that i hope sort of continues to take off it's small right now but definitely growing
1: I love that. Maintaining muscle health is critically important to longevity and enduring good health. Postbiotics, the active nutrients your body makes during digestion, are an emerging driver in the scientific literature when it comes to good health. Something called urolithin A is one of the first postbiotics shown in the research to have major health benefits and has become available to all of us right now. Urolithin A upgrades your body's cellular power grid, giving your body the energy it needs to optimize. Clinical studies have shown that just 500 milligrams of urolithin A alone significantly increases muscle strength and endurance with no other change in lifestyle. My go to for urolithin A is Mitopure from Timeline Nutrition. I love this product. You know, if you, if you haven't listened to the episode, I had their chief medical officer on the show to talk all about the science, and we geek out all about gut health and postbiotics and prebiotics and probiotics. Go back and listen to the episode if you haven't yet. Timeline Nutrition is a Swiss-based life science company and is a global leader in urolithin A research, and their products are NSF certified for sport. Timeline is offering 10% off your first order of mitobure. Go to nutrition.com slash Will and use code Will Cole to get 10% off your order. That's T-I-M-E-L-I-N-E-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N dot com slash Will Cole. I recommend trying their starter pack with all three formats that they have. So we're talking about bigger nature experiences but you talk about in the book about you don't have to necessarily travel far and you can use what are maybe what are some nature immersion practices people can try just wherever they're at maybe they're in the city maybe they're in a, an apartment building and there's not a lot of green space what are, what are some things they can do
0: yeah so you definitely don't have to travel far you know that was sort of a misconception I think I went into for this book as well. But the more, you know, researchers I talked to, the more that they said that, you know, I love one woman put it as, you know, you can have a really eating meal, like a Thanksgiving meal, for example, but you also need that like daily nourishment. So I think just, you know, getting outside in whatever nature that you do have access to is super, super important and shouldn't be overlooked. A few different ways to do so. There's this one sort of practice that I love that was coined by a researcher named Docker Keltner over in Berkeley, and he calls them awe walks. Awe is a super cool emotion. You know, it's sort of just the feeling that we get when we're perceived with something new and mm-hmm. seemingly vast. And it sort of reorients the way that we see the world. So I think of, you know, views from the top of a mountain, for example, are mm-hmm. a great example. Yeah. But we can also find awe, I think, in the everyday. And it's all really about you know again, sort of employing maybe some of those Yoku practices of slowing down, you know, really looking around to see what you can see, maybe going out without your headphones in, you know, actually like listening to your surroundings. One practice that I've sort of adopted that I really love that I was inspired by a research study that I read about was you essentially adopt a different persona when you go outside. So say I pretend I'm like a painter and I'm looking for a beautiful new color. To use or something like that that can really just make you know your everyday environment look a little bit different and sort of make you more likely to feel awe, in awe of something around you so yeah you can really have fun with it i think
1: yeah for sure i'm thinking of that word awe, and on social media uh few, it's been a few years i will just take pictures of things that i think are beautiful in nature whether it's a landscape a sun, sunrise sunset forest bathing or crystals or house plants, whatever. And I always use the hashtag or just write out God art. And to me, that's like what it is. It's like art, God God art. And the amount of people that tag me in their Instagram stories of God art, is so cool to see People getting outside, appreciating it, being in awe. And even not to get super uh, off track, but the Old Testament in the Bible, the word when you people talk about fearing God or the fear of God, the actual word for it is ira in Hebrew, which is ah. It's actually to be in mm-hmm. awe of God. And if you're coming from that perspective of just being awe of nature and creation, it is beautiful. And I've read studies that showed, and reports that showed just pictures of nature can have similar benefits. Is that true? Yeah. So that's really
0: fascinating too. And I actually, one of the awe researchers who I spoke to for this book, she said something similar. She, you know, she spends day in and day out sort of studying this emotion. And she told me, I think I asked her, like, how do you feel awe in every day You know, if you're not able to get out? And she said she actually has an awe folder on her desktop. So again, of those sort of photos that elicit mm-hmm. the emotion in her and she'll sort of flip through them. And, you know, so I definitely think photos can have a positive impact. They can't replace the real thing, but they, they're definitely, you know, a good thing to, to look at from time to time.
1: Yeah. And I've also seen people really, when I have patients that travel across time zones to really help support their resetting their circadian rhythm to avoid jet lag and feeling like off, just looking at the sunset, getting out in nature is one of the best ways to avoid jet lag as much as possible. Is that right?
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, resetting the circadian rhythm is something we write a lot about on MBG, uh, but it's super interesting. And also another sort of, you know, fascinating side body of that is, you know, when people go out camping, so they're not as surrounded by artificial light and, you know, they don't use their phones as much. It's like one of the quickest ways to really reset the circadian rhythm and help your sleep, help energy levels and really get into like the sleep pattern that your body wants to be in, but you don't really want it to be in because of, you know, all that nighttime light and things like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, get off the blue light, people. <laughs> at <laughs> least, do it. <laughs> at least wear blue light blocking glasses if nothing else. <laughs> so let's talk about house plants. You talk about so many different tips of making your home like bringing in nature indoors in the book. I, I mean, I talk about desert. I have these huge <laughs> cactus behind yeah, me. They're cool. as tall as I am. For people that are, you know can't see this, if you're listening to the podcast, but and you have some beautiful house plants behind you. Like, what are your some of your favorite? House plants, because you're such a brilliant editor, anyways, and you know so much about the science of health, house plants, and any pro tips with house plants that you have.
0: Yeah, I mean, I do love house plants, um, and they are great. I mean, you know, I think you're either a lot of people are say they're not houseplant people, but I think everyone can be a houseplant person. I think they're a great way to bring nature indoors. You know, there's emerging fields like horticultural therapy that sort of shows that they actually can be very, you know, healing. And for people who aren't able to get outside, they can, you know, really bring some of these stress-reducing benefits indoors, which is really cool. Pro tips about houseplants. I mean, I think it's all about light. You got to give them light. They're not (laughs) going to be happy if they don't get light. Uh, Definitely know what you're getting into before you buy a houseplant. You know, don't get something that's not going to thrive in your space because it'll just make you sad. Nothing sadder than a dying houseplant. No, it's, it's um, pretty sad. And don't overwater. Feel the soil before you water it. And if it's not dry, don't water it.
1: Yeah. Any, I mean, there are house plants that do better with less light. So I think of some people are thinking, oh, I don't have the space. I don't get at good. But there are, do you know of any house plants that do better with less light?
0: Yeah. So I mean, less light, but they still need some light. Some light. Yeah. Snake plants are really good for that. Yeah those can be good. Let's see, like pothos can be okay with low light philodendron, Mm -hmm. but you definitely don't want to put them in like a windowless room.
1: Yeah. And there are lamps that can mimic the light, right? I've never got into that as far as knowing enough about it to speak on it. But do you, do you have any tips for people that absolutely have no, maybe they're in a cubicle in an office with no window and they want some green space because they're in their office all day long. What is is there a lamp they can buy for that?
0: Yeah, they have like LED lights that you can use. Uh, They're actually like really, there are a lot these days, and you can find ones that just look like normal, you know, lights, but set them up near your plant and, you know, they'll be happy under those for sure.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I don't know the the research around PEMF uh, mats that can mimic nature. I think it's fascinating too. Like, there are ones that are smaller where if you can't get outside, even put like a PEMF mat in your office. Do you know? Do, have you ever looked into this or studied this at all?
0: Yeah, I really. I think like they're like earthing mats, right? Yeah,
1: basically earthing. Um, mats, yeah.
0: yeah, I have. I have heard of those. I've done a little bit of reporting about earthing as a practice. I think it's super cool. Essentially, it's just the you know idea of going outside and standing barefoot on the earth and sort of you know reaping the the benefits of of the earth beneath your feet. I think they. I haven't like seen any good research on them, honestly. But you know, I've talk to people who don't really enjoy using them. So
1: if they work for you, I say go for it. Yeah, I notice a difference. I like it because I am inside a lot where it is calming, but you know what it also has is some infrared heat too, which I know is also relaxing. But I think a combination effect, I, I definitely notice it, uh, an improvement, but nothing beats nature. So <laughs> you can't fully mimic nature with technology in my opinion, but we can try. Absolutely. We can yeah, try. I would agree, Second I would best. agree with that. <laughs> To live your healthiest, longest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. Inside Tracker provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live healthier, longer. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age. I love this part of the data. You can actually see how you're aging from the inside out compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age based on their recommendations, based on your lab results. It's what I do in functional medicine. It's bioindividuality at its best. And actually, <laughs> selfishly, when initial telehealth consultations, I love when people already have their inside tracker report, and I can go over it with them on uh, their initial consult. But the great thing is, even if you're not a patient of mine, you can get access on this great information, have it for yourself. I love this—the the democratization, the decentralization—so people can have agency over their health and have responsibility for it. And did you know that you can use your HSA, your HRA, and your FSA to buy an Inside Tracker plan? So, if you have an HSA, FSA plan, check that out, which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax free dollars. It gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So, if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body based on lab data, along with science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working for you, then visit insidetracker.com artofbeingwell art of being well. That's insidetracker.com artofbeingwell art of being well. My friend, you know this, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. This is MLO's Art of Being Well. I'm going to throw out different questions. I want to know, pick your brain about different facets of wellness Are you up for this formidable challenge?
0: Yeah, let's go
1: for it. Okay. First question. What's a healthy food that is the worst tasting healthy food, but you eat it because it's so good for you, not because of the taste?
0: Oh my gosh, this is hard. I kind of don't love the taste of broccoli, but I eat it. That might be
1: one. I don't like the taste of broccoli either. Yeah, broccoli, not the best tasting vegetable for. I think you can really make it pretty good I when we uh, we'll put it in the oven and bake it. I think it's or fried sometimes tastes good, but it's, it's definitely not my favorite. At yeah. All.
0: You can you can cover up the taste.
1: But <laughs> <laughs> we got some sulforaphane in there. Broccoli sprouts are, are re, I love broccoli sprouts for for the sulforaphane compound to support detox methylation pathways, but it doesn't taste good. No one, I mean it's, no one's going to say that broccoli sprouts Actually, tastes great. (laughs) Maybe they will. Maybe there's some freaks out there that love it. But I (laughs) I just do it because it tastes because it's good for my health. All right. Um, Well, I mean, that's the natural next question that comes up is, what is your favorite vegetable?
0: Oh my gosh, I really love kale, and I think that might also be a little controversial. But I'm team kale. (laughs) I eat it every week. I just buy a bunch (laughs) and wash it, and then I massage it. And eat it every day for lunch in a salad. And I think it's so versatile. I think it tastes really good. Goes with everything. Stands up to dressing well. I'm, I love kale.
1: I love it. Team kale. Team am- kale. I know there's different types of kale. Do you have a favorite type of kale or no?
0: I do really like dinosaur kale, but I am pretty kale agnostic. I'll buy whatever looks good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think this should be the title of this episode: Kale Agnostic. <laughs> <laughs> so <well to> see. <laughs> What are two supplements that have been the biggest game changers for you personally?
0: Let's see. Vitamin D. I think as much as we get outside in the sun, we should still be taking vitamin D. I think that's been great for me personally. And then not to plug my body green supplements, but I do love my body green sleep support. It's a magnesium supplement. Yep. Take it every night. Really awesome for supporting sleep. Yeah. Really can't go a night without that one.
1: Yeah, they, I mean, honestly, my Mighty green supplements, they're all down beside my desk here because they, I love them so much. Yeah, they're great. This is a good question here. What is an overrated supplement in your opinion? It may be fine. It may be healthy. It may be good for somebody else. But for you, you just don't know what all the, the fuss is about.
0: Oh gosh, that's a hard question. I really don't know if I can answer that one. To be honest, I don't know enough about supplements to say, I mean, I know that, you know, the ones I take, I like, but Mm. yeah, I don't know. So you're
1: focused on the things that you love. That's all right. Focusing
0: on the positive. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: right. Do you think we're better or worse off with social media? my gosh.
0: Uh, I'm going to say worse. I am. But I also, with that being said, like can so see, you know, the... Sort of pros of it. And I think it is really wonderful for meeting new people and you know, sort of engaging in communities you might not otherwise have access to. I think for me personally, it can be very mentally draining. Even if I'm not on it, it can be stressful to think about. So mm-hmm. for me personally, it's negative for society at large, like we shall see.
1: <laughs> yeah, we shall see. We're one massive experiment. Yeah, it's true. If you are able to live to the age of 100, okay, and keep either the mind or the body of a thirty-year-old for the last oh seventy God. years of your life, which would you want, Emilio? Uh,
0: well, the mind and body are so connected. That
1: <laughs> very true. That's what we talk um. about. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. For the sake of this question, <laughs> uh, I'll but, go with body. <laughs> like the physical. Uh, let's just say the physical strength, ability of a thirty-year-old, or the mental capacity of a 30 year old.
0: Yeah. I'll go with body because then I can keep moving and hopefully reap some mental benefits from that. (laughs) (laughs) I asked
1: this question. We, I had a team dinner after seeing patients one day. I I would, I assumed most people would say mind because they want to be sharp and everything. Most people said body. I was surprised by that. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah, they said the same thing. They said, at least they'll look good and be able to do things. And then, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a personal question, guys.
0: It is, it There's is. no
1: shame here. What is one wellness brand, it could be a food, it could be a snack, it could be a product that you've really been loving lately?
0: Mm, well, besides mind body supplements, I would have to say, I tried this really cool new, it's not new, it's old, but it's newer to the US, Japanese superfood the other week called Manda. And it's essentially like a fermented, like fruit and vegetable paste. Yes. yes. And really enjoyed it. I think it it tastes good. You know, it's supposed to have all these great benefits for you. And it's also a different version of it is actually used as a plant fertilizer, (laughs) which I thought was really cool. So yeah, I would encourage people to check them out.
1: I can't, I think this is, I've used this before. I haven't used it recently. And it was like the smallest plant and it, it was a frozen thing. It was definitely a green Japanese plant, but you could put it in smoothies. It's the same thing? I don't know if it's the same thing or not. But This
0: one is like a combination of a lot of different oh, uh, fruits
1: and okay. vegetables and so fermented. But What's the name of it Japanese again? I have to check fruits. this out.
0: Manda. Yeah, M-A-N-D-A. Yeah. Manda.
1: I will check it out and put it in the show <laughs> notes for people. There you go. What is your favorite restaurant in the world – And what do you order when you're there?
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm just going to have to go with what's on top of my mind. It's not a healthy answer. It's okay. You know, balance. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) I love Joe's Pizza in New York. I live in New York City, and I think they have the best pizza. Uh, And I get pepperoni slice, and I put hot honey on it. And it's the perfect
1: treat. Wow. Mm -hmm. Joe's Pizza? Mm-hmm. What part of the yeah. city is Joe in? <laughs> <So it's,
0: laughs> Joe is everywhere. It's a chain.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: so you can find him in, in many different parts of the city. There's one near my apartment now. Definitely okay. next time you come, you got to yeah. check
1: it out. I looked up. I went with my kids not too long ago to the city. And I um, we found the top-rated gluten-free pizzas. And you know who I use as a reference is our mutual friend, Phoebe Lapine. Oh,
0: yeah. uh,
1: she's, she had a whole gluten-free pizza guide in Manhattan. And I loved it. And I, uh, there
0: are tons now. Yeah, yeah,
1: there's a lot. There's a lot. All right. Next question. This is kind of controversial in the wellness world, but I, for me, a food that I love and enjoy, and I know it's not the best, there's better alternatives, is peanut butter. I get a lot of flack. We had Dr. Stephen Gundry on. He said, if I'm okay with ki- slowly killing myself, is what he told me. <laughs> he said that in jest. But what are your <laughs> thoughts on peanut butter? Are you is it, are you a peanut butter person, or what's your thoughts?
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, I can't believe you're asking me this. I eat peanut butter every day. What? <laughs>
1: I knew I loved you. I'm
0: slowly killing myself. I guess.
1: <laughs> All right, what's your favorite peanut butter? Do you have a favorite go-to?
0: I don't really have a favorite. I mean, I try and buy you know the natural stuff. So mm-hmm. if I'm at Whole Foods, I'll get their brand. Trader Joe's. I've had. <laughs> The one I think tastes best is Skippy, but I try to not do that <laughs> yeah, to myself. Skippy, Yeah, um, But yeah, I do have an apple and peanut butter for breakfast every morning of the week, at least. And I find that it you know
1: keeps me satiated. So
0: I've always tried to switch over to almond butter, but I can't really do it. I love the taste of peanut
1: butter. Me too. I, you know what? I like the decent almond butter options out there. No shame, no shade to almond butter. Definitely. But to me, it's just not the same as peanut butter. You cannot... It's like apples and oranges. You cannot say an apple is an orange. It's two different things.
0: I'm with
1: you. Next question. Do you have any, you know, all the research, you really immersed yourself in the latest in health and wellness news and research. Do you have any tips for if somebody's having trouble sleeping, what's your top tips to get a great night's sleep?
0: Yeah. So this is something that I write about a lot on MBG. So definitely have some ideas here. If anyone really has you know, trouble sleeping, of course, I'd encourage them to see a doctor and sort of get it checked out. But just for every day, sort of, you know, issues falling asleep quickly. I think, like we mentioned, being on tech late at night really isn't good. If you're going to have to do it, you know, at least use a pair of blue light blockers. I have a pair that look ridiculous, but I do think they really work. You know, dimming the lights, things like that can be super helpful keeping your bedroom cold, dark, and quiet. So I think the ideal temperature I've heard, I think Ellen Bora was the one who told me this, but was 67 degrees, mm-hmm. give yeah. or take. of so cold, you know, and that's because you sort of want your body temperature to go down while you're sleeping. If you get too hot, it can you know, sort of disrupt the process. So cold, dark, I use a pair of eye mask and I find that that's super effective just because my apartment doesn't get dark enough Mm -hmm. and quiet you know some people like sleeping with white noise some people like it totally pin drop quiet but Mm -hmm. at least you know make sure you don't have any disruptions there and then i mean the number one sleep tip that i always get from sleep doctors is to go to bed and wake up at the same time every Mm. day your body just really craves that consistency and once you get in the habit of it i think it's a lot easier to do yeah
1: yeah I posted the research around the temperature at night. Like it was, I think 60, even 64 to 67, but like 67 seems reasonable for more reasonable than 64 It does seem extremely cold for especially in the summer months to a bad amount of energy to get at that. Maybe in the colder Northeast winters, it'd be pretty easy to get there. But what I also have implemented in different patients' lives, if they didn't want their energy bill to be that much in the summer months, is the chili pad. Have you heard of the chili pad before? It like basically calms your body just by cooling off your bed.
0: No, is that like something you put on your bed and it's yeah. Sort of, interesting. Yeah, they're
1: not a sponsor on the podcast but at all. But I uh, have seen it work for people that are like, I live in whatever, South Florida, or I live in the desert and I can't put my house to 67 during the summer months. So okay, like this is another option too, where it's still using energy, but it's a lot less than cooling off the entire house. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah. What's your favorite? We went from sleep. Now we're running to energy. Years of experience in the health and wellness world. What's your pro tips to if you, someone's having a lull in energy and they need a little pick me up boost of energy, what would be your tips?
0: Definitely get outside. I think yeah, going back to, you know, going outdoors, getting that fresh air can be so reinvigorating and just taking a break in general. You know, I find that a lot of times and I'm like, feel physically tired. It's because I'm also like mentally fatigued. So, you know, taking a break, walking away, and then coming back to it, I feel a lot better. Drinking water, I think is so key. I drink a ton of water and, you know, I think it's essential. Mm -hmm. Exercising, moving the body. I'm a runner and I think that's the best, you know, sort of wellness thing I do for myself every Mm -hmm. day and mentally and physically, it can just be so invigorating.
1: Definitely. What's your, if you had to give, you've given a lot uh, throughout the conversation, but any other free, maybe your favorite free or low cost wellness tool that that you love that we haven't talked about today? Because nature, forest bathing is completely free, my friends. So we've given you lots of free and low cost things. Any other ones that you really are geeking out about?
0: Yeah. I mean, that's not, you know, anything new or exciting, but I think, you know, social interaction is really, is really up yeah. for me, you know, disconnecting with your loved ones. I feel like it's so such an underrated part of just whole body health. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need, you know, we need other people and, you know, we need to sort of feel in community. And I think you really can't overstate the benefits of
1: that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and a lot of the physiological benefits are kind of in many ways, mirror, Forest bathing, right? I mean, it's like lowered inflammation, lowered Im- stress hormones, better quality of life. People tend to live longer uh, with better social, healthier social connections. We're not talking about just any old social connections; healthy yeah. social connections.
0: Definitely, I think they're intertwined. That's another really fascinating body of research that's happening, is sort of you know showing how social interactions can even be like enhanced when we um, connect with people outdoors. Just kind of.
1: Yeah, very cool. Speaking of social connections and people having different personalities, do you know what Myers, Briggs, or Enneagram personality you are?
0: I'm the most rare one. (laughs) Say that as like a humble brag, but no, I think it's I-N-T-J.
1: Okay. I think that's what I am. I I, I am something like that. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty close. We're, we're, We're rare birds right here.
0: What's your astrology sign? I'm a Libra. Oh,
1: i can see that yeah i'm a libra i'm going to butcher this cuz i'm not an expert libra m- this the sun sign is the main one right mm-hmm, the main Li- one yeah okay so libra sun and then my m- rising moon or whatever the next one is is a libra as well so i'm like a double, okay. double libra i see that okay yeah i oh, i apologize for all my astrology friends out there i i i know i'm a libra <laughs> Let's look at that <laughs> okay next question what's the weirdest wellness thing that you've done that you're willing to admit on a podcast and where it is relative. I know uh, it's, it's so relative. Yeah, it's, it's relative.
0: I think the most, like the one that took the most getting used to maybe for me, or the one where I felt most out of place at first, but actually grew to really love is sound bathing and just, you know, collecting in a group of people going into a room and just listening to sound together with your you know eyes closed and letting it really, you know, impact you and screaming if you need to. You know, things like that didn't necessarily yeah. come naturally to me. It's not something I grew up doing, but mm-hmm. I found that it was so, you know, cathartic and it's really incredible. I think music is another, you know, great example of just mm-hmm. something that can be free, but is really a wonderful way to, you know, evoke emotion and help you move through things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I skipped over Enneagram. Do you know what Enneagram you are?
0: Which one's the Enneagram? It's like the. One?
1: There's nine numbers. There's one and like I'm a five, which is a researcher, enneagram five. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm the. I don't remember what number I am, but I think it's called the creative. If that's maybe funny. four.
1: A four. Four is an individualist. I would assume no. pretty creative. I'm not an enneagram expert either, but I just I'm always curious about what my friends are and what my guests are.
0: Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I'm sorry. It's okay. I can tell you I'm a Gemini though.
1: <laughs> All right. Astrology. Let's leave it at that. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> All right. Do you go to Starbucks or are you a wellness purist? If you go to Starbucks, what's your order?
0: Uh, I do go to Starbucks. No, no shade to Starbucks. I actually don't love their coffee, but I like their spinach feta egg wrap. I think it's really good. And if you're on the go and need something, it's a good, healthy-ish option.
1: I love that. This is a deep question, but you wrote a book Called the Spirit Almanac, which is an amazing read. Do you believe personally in life after death?
0: Mm, that's a great question. I think I, I believe in something after death. I don't know if I would call it like life in the way that we live life now, but I do believe that yes, the soul you know continues. Another fascinating
1: right. area of, yeah. of work. Very, very much so. Last question. What's a book that you've read in the last year? It could be fiction, nonfiction, that's really got you thinking in a fresh new way. Mm,
0: I just finished reading The Ministry of the Future by Kim Stanley Robinson, which is a fictional account of uh, the future under climate change. And it's a pretty heavy read, but it's really fascinating because it sort of, you know, posits what could happen if a lot of the actions we're taking against climate change actually are successful. So wow. it was sort of, you know, rallying, mobilizing read. Really loved it. Would recommend it.
1: That, brilliant. We'll put the links in the show notes at drwillcool.com for all the things we talked about on today's episode. I said that was my last question, but I have one more. I have to pick your brain about this because people are going to be wanting to know from a brilliant Mind, Body, green editor and author in her own right, if you could only use one skincare product, what would that product be? People, The people want to mm-hmm. know about this, and they don't like it when I... Don't ask.
0: I really like Osmia, it's a brand out of Colorado and I love their face bar soap. Like I really love bar soap, because, you know, no packaging and I like the feeling of, you know, using a bar. So yeah, I'd say their bar soap I'm using, I think that's like the rose one right now. It's orange, but it's great, I use it every night.
1: Very cool. All right, my friend, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can people learn more about your amazing work, can you give it the names of the books uh, so they can get those? All the things, where can people go and find you?
0: Yeah, so my website is just my name, com. You can find links to everything there. My books are called The Spirit Almanac, which I co-wrote with Lindsay Kellner, who's another wonderful yes. angel friend of ours. And then the latest book is called Return to Nature. Then Mind Body Green, you can find most of my writing there, and um, as well as a lot of other great work by my fellow editors.
1: Love it. My friend, come back anytime. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Well, it's good to see you.
1: Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.